close and personal. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. John Oates of Holland Oates, our guests on the Mulberry Lane Show right now. Over 80 million albums sold. He's telling you about some new projects, his latest solo album, Good Road to Follow, and DVD, Another Good Road. Music Talk continuing with John Oates. I've got a question back to the White House performance. You know, being used to performing for audiences that love Hall & Oates or your solo music, do you approach a concert in front of your fans different mentally than you do, you know, for a president or for important senators or whatever? And how do you mentally prepare for the different types of audiences? Um, we didn't prepare for anything differently with the president other than we dressed up a little bit more. <laughs> okay. So you, you kind of have the same mental frame going into it. Well, it was a, ba- it was a black tie event, so I wore a suit. And I, okay. I couldn't do a whole concert in a suit. You know, it was too restricting. But, but no, no, we just we just got up there and played. We do what we do. I mean, we've been doing it so long that it, it doesn't affect us in that way. One way or another. Um, our audience dictates how our shows go. Um, okay. The interaction between what we do and the audience's reaction dictates. I mean, we're always going to give you know ninety eight percent, but whether it goes to one hundred and one hundred and ten is really based on on what happens at that night. So my solo shows are much more personal. It's mm-hmm. much more laid back. I do smaller venues. I do a lot more talking. Yeah. I talk about the songs. You know, I tell stories. It's a lot more casual. Intimate. The whole, yeah. the whole show is much more structured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, did it mean more to you to be inducted into the Songwriter Hall of Fame or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, uh, they're both important, but uh, to be honest with you, the way I look at it is we would never have gotten into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame if it wasn't for the songs that we wrote. Uh-huh. Yep. So, so in that in that regard, I was much more honored, I think, to be in the in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. First of all, it happened first. Uh-huh. It happened two thousand four, I believe, or five. Uh-huh. You know, when you think uh, about the legendary songwriters who are in the American Songwriter Hall of Fame, and there's not many of them. People like George Gershwin, Cole Porter, uh-huh. the, the great songwriters from the Brill Building, like Carol King and Lieber and Stoller, and on and on and on. You think about those songwriters and the legacy of American popular music. To be included in that elite group is a very, very uh, powerful, you know, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I look at myself as a songwriter, so I, okay. that's the club I want to be a member of. Okay, and you did it. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And then having written hit songs, can you put your finger on the elements that are needed to make a song a hit, or is it just arbitrary? Well, you know, we never really wrote a hit song from inception we wrote songs and then the ones that became hits were based on marketing sales consensus on radio things that are out of our control we we spent as much time on track number 11 on an album that we did on track number one you know they weren't that wasn't our agenda our agenda was to write the best songs and make the best albums we could mm-hmm. then after they were done we handed them over to the record company and to radio and they all went oh well hey, we want to play Man Eater, or we want to play You Make My Dreams Come True. We went, great, because we like them all, so we don't give a shit. Okay, so that was your modus operandi going forward. Absolutely. You know, those songs, they were a byproduct of the work that we did, not an intent. It wasn't intended that way. Yeah. Now, the latest album you have, the song Pushing a Rock Uphill, and the rock rolls back down, and the lyrics in the song are roll with it. So... Rolling with it, is that something you had to learn, or have you always been that kind of person? Well, it was something I observed that it was a subject, really, more than anything else. It was, it was that, 
that the world is full of struggle and people have struggle regardless of who they are and where they are in their life there's going to be some something to overcome whether it's mm -hmm. profound or or you know day to day and i wanted to somehow talk about that and i got together with nathan chapman who uh taylor swift's producer who i've known in nashville for many years and we've always threatened to write together we never had a chance and okay. there was something about him and his background he has a very kind of a spiritual background and I thought that he would be the right guy, so I presented this idea to him, and he really liked it. Uh -huh. And we, we, of course, we use like biblical references, you know, Sisyphus and Greek myth references of, of mm -hmm. you know, pushing, you know, something, an overwhelming force that's beyond your control, but somehow you'll, you'll never, you know, give up the, the struggle. And that's where we came from with that song, and we wanted to give it a, a very spiritual overtone. So we, we had these uh, two women, uh, two sisters from the church who came in and sang background on it really gave it this this feeling um so that's um you know that's that was just uh taking an idea and and making it come to life in the best way you could uh-huh music icon john oates here on the mulberry lane show do you spend most of your time in colorado um both well i spend most of my time in a hotel room okay yeah. <laughs> when I'm not in a hotel room, I like to be in either Colorado or Nashville. We we have like a, kind of two different worlds. You know, the, the Colorado world is is in we live in the middle of nowhere on a little ranch with animals. And you have and alpacas, we, right? Yeah. Well, that's my wife's thing. She okay. loves the alpacas and llamas and everything like that. But uh, she grew up on a farm. She's a farm girl from Illinois. Okay. And then when we have our little city pad in Nashville, it's it's really in the center of all the action. You know, the coffee shops and restaurants and, and venues. So it's really kind of a cool thing to have the balance between those two things. And do you take recording equipment with you on the road? No, you don't. <laughs> I, I take my laptop, and I'm a, I'm a Garage Band wizard. Okay. I, I love Garage Band. I'm really fast on it. Um, I don't want to make records. I just want to capture ideas. Ideas. And then when it's time to make the record, um, I, I'd rather go in the studio with great players and great engineers and, and do it for real. Um, so it's, it's like I always have Garage Band, you know, on my laptop. And whether I'm writing or, you know, if I get an idea real quick, I'll just throw it up real quick and just record something and... Uh, you know, that's kind of, makes it easy. That's how gotcha. you roll. When you or Daryl do your solo projects, do you have to check in with each other first, or how does that work? Like, how, how do you decide? Oh, you mean because Daryl's older than me, I have to check in with my dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're two halves of the same whole, you know? No, no, that's the whole point. We are not two halves of one thing. We are two individuals working together. Okay. And, and really, that's the difference between us and a lot of duos. We, we don't look at ourselves as duos. We look at ourselves as two individual songwriters and producers and singers and players who happen to really like to work together. Okay. And so, that, that is a difference between other people. No, it's a huge difference. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I think we've been able to stay together. We've never locked ourselves into this. We've never painted ourselves into that duo corner where it's like, hey, man, you can't do that without me, or I'm going to be offended if you go and work with so-and-so. No, no, it's not even totally, it's not even remotely something that we, we do. Um, and that's probably why we still have a, have a great time going out and playing the whole note songs. Then we go our separate ways and we do our other things. It's really unique, and I, I think it's something that a lot of people just haven't been able to achieve. Yeah, it's freedom. 
Yeah, well, it's creative freedom. It's, it's something I think a, a lot of creative people dream about, and mm-hmm. many people are able to achieve it. So I, I don't take it for granted. I'm very conscious of it, and, and I, I want to make the most of it, and that's why I put so much effort, I think, into my solo projects as well, and Daryl does the same thing. Yeah, you need to write a self-help book for bands. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well uh, no, no, I'm, I don't think... Uh, I don't think I should go into the psychiatry system. <laughs> I think there would be, be too much residual brain damage if I got involved. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, John, we want to thank you so much for joining our show today. This interview has been delightful. It's been really fun getting to know you. Well, thanks very much. Are you guys from Nebraska? We are, yes. Uh huh. Oh, very cool. Well, good luck with the winner. Hang in there. All Bring right. <laughs> thank you. Okay, take okay. care, John. Thanks a lot. John Oates on the Mulberry Lane Show. Be back after the break with the star of a new show on the Travel Channel, Hotel Amazon. What I want.